Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and figure out what other movies inspired it. And today on the show, we got another Marvel movie for you guys. I think it's uh, probably the first animated movie we've ever done on this show, uh, if we're not counting Isle of Dogs. But um, before we get into that, I want to remind you all to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. We're on Pocket Casts. We're on Spotify. Of course, we're on Apple Podcasts and all the other big podcast apps. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. You can also join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And you could also join our mailing list over on our website, PiecingPod.com. I hope you do all of that uh, because there's going to be separate reasons for all of those things in the future and we will be getting into those real soon um but again today on the show we are talking about a marvel movie we are talking about spider-man into the spider-verse this is a trippy take on the spider-man universe that takes us into a very cartoon looking uh version of spider-man it's uh it's got the production budget and the uh size and scope of uh one of the regular marvel universe films but it is animated but it's animated in a really cool very authentic comic book looking way something you really haven't seen before um it's an interesting film it's a lot of fun it's filled with tons of fan service and although i'm not the biggest uh comic book fan in the world even i was really along for the ride on this one uh so it's going to be a fun conversation and uh with us is our good buddy ryan darty all right so today on the show we've got back with us ryan darty how you doing ryan Hey, good to be on, you know, excited about this movie for a long time, so getting to talk about it's pretty awesome. Hell yeah, man. I This movie, I, you know me, I'm not the biggest comic book guy, and I'm yeah. not even particularly a Spider-Man guy, and so th- this is a, a, a little bit of a weird movie for me to talk about, but I did uh, enjoy the movie, and I mean, I, this is a very hard movie to not enjoy. I mean, it's just, there's just so much happening on the screen so much yeah, fun, yeah. you know and uh so yeah I, i'm definitely glad to be uh getting an episode in on it um so you know before we get into any of the main conversation i want to give a quick apology to our buddy q this is the second time in a row that uh we're doing an episode that q uh at last minute was like hey i'll do that episode and i was like oh, i'm already <laughs> doing it so i'm sorry q uh you, you gotta you gotta stake your claim a little earlier on in the process, man. You know? <laughs> Everybody wants a part of that action, man. It's I a know. highly coveted role. I, I know it, it's true. Piecing it together, co-host is a uh, very coveted <laughs> role. But uh, anyway, I'm glad to have you back on the show. It's been a little while since we've done one. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, with that said, um, Spider-Man into the multiverse. Spider-verse. Uh, Spider-verse. Uh yep. yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> a verse of spiders. Yeah. yeah, there there's a lot of a lot of things happening in this movie. Um and yeah. there's there's a lot of uh a lot of easter eggs, a lot of like comic book things that like you really kind of like me coming to it as a newbie, like I I still there's plenty to enjoy without knowing all those things, but I could imagine uh for a fan there's just like so much more because Definitely, there's like so many levels. Yeah. Oh man, where are you like a big Spider-Man guy? Um, I 
tend to know a lot of the lore of the comic books, but just kind of because, you know, the same with movies where I read about the stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm usually much more interested in like the big picture story arc stuff than like reading the comics itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man movies, though, actually, um, they stress me out a lot. It's a weird <laughs> quirk of mine where in general, I'm, I am I get bad anxiety from um, like uh, double identity type movies, especially where the char- the main character gets like ragged on a lot for being like uh, immature or irresponsible in some way, but it's because mm. he's actually like you know a secret agent saving the world or a spy like a superhero or whatever. And right. Spider Man is always the worst one because he's just like a good dude trying to help out his town. Yeah, and then like yeah. the Tobey Maguire ones, like like I was so happy once like Mary Jane found out he was Spider Man, and I think maybe he told his aunt at some point because like then he stopped having to constantly deal with his girlfriend being like, "Why don't you pay attention to me?" Because he's trying to like save the fucking world and stuff like that. <laughs> and just like 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 it really annoys me watching those characters get So like Spider Man movies historically have always kind of stressed me out in that regard of just like it's not fair, Spider Man. You're doing your best. Like you deserve better. I can see that it must be extra hard for you considering how many times they've rebooted it. Like, and you just got to keep going through that whole thing over and over again, which is kind of made fun yeah, of yeah. this movie. Yeah, Because every time he finally reaches a point where he's like good at being Spider Man and like the ones he knows and loves know he's Spider Man and like yeah. things are finally looking up. And then like, bam, Uncle Ben is dying again 15 yeah. seconds later. And it just <laughs> back to the start, back to like your aunt being like, why are you slacking on your homework? And it's like, because I stopped a mugging last night, Aunt May. I'm sure in two years, me and you are going to be doing another Spider-Man origin movie. So, oh well, I mean, we're doing Ryan. What uh, <laughs> this movie managed to fit like five miniature Spider-Man origin stories into it, so that was pretty it's fantastic. True. And that, that's a that's a great joke. That's a great gag. Oh, it's um, it's it, it works so well for so many reasons. Like like it's yeah. funny and it's effective and it like establishes things well. And it has the payoff and stuff. <laughs> It really does work great. Um, so I, I was just about to bring up a little quick before the puzzle pieces conversation about some of the voice actors, but then I, sure. I was thinking, you know, you know what? Let's actually save it because I'm sure we'll get into them as we're going through puzzle pieces. So Definitely. I, I think let's just kind of jump in now. What would your first puzzle piece? Be? Sure. So I'm going to start with like uh, the, the probably the most obvious one for people who know stuff about Spider Man. Um, which is the video game um, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which came out, I don't know, six years ago or something like that. Um, And like everyone nowadays is talking about there's the new Spider-Man game uh, on the PlayStation 4 that everyone is raving is like the greatest game of all time. Uh, But what Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions did was this one was there are four different dimensions, each one with a different art style, each one with a different Spider-Man, and all four of them are like working together with their like you know, cosmic walkie talkie to like coordinate missions and they never come into each other's universes. Uh-huh. But, um, there is the amazing Spider-Man universe, which all looks like, um, you know, classic comics and the faded reds and all that stuff. They have Spider-Man noir, which is, you know, all the black and white. Uh, I don't think it's pure black and white like this Spider-Man. It's much more like, right. um, noir, uh, noir and sepia tone and stuff like that. Shout out um, to our mo- Nicholas Cage. Yes, I, I, absolutely. Love, I love him in this. I absolutely uh, love him in this. I think he's I was great. actually expecting a much stronger accent from him, uh, given <laughs> what he had done um, in Kick-Ass when he was emulating Adam West. Um, right, right. And I had seen in the interviews that he just watched a bunch of James Cagney and like Humphrey Bogart and stuff. So I was oh, expecting yeah. him to like be like crooning every line. See, um, I think he's per- I think he's perfect. I think he's pitch perfect because oh, he, it is great. Like, he he's like. He's Nicolas Cage. Do it like that's the thing. I guess in some ways you could say that's a bad thing, but like he's so Nicolas Cage. And he's Nicolas Cage doing a film noir character, a film noir. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it, it is know? Nicolas Cage doing a Cagney. It's not a yeah. character with a Cagney voice. <laughs> um, and they also it. have Spider Man twenty nine, uh, twenty ninety nine, mm. which was the post credit scene Spider Man. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. and then Spider Man Ultimate which um, is cell shaded and looks like, uh, sorry, and it, it, um, it has the Venom suit Spider-Man. Um, so this game, you've got the four different Spider-Mans. You get, get to control all four of them. They all have different powers and abilities and like themes of gameplay and art styles. Um, 
And, you know, they have to have looked at this game at the very least um, to be like, well, we, we should at least see this is the first like long form interactive CGI representation of a lot of these Spider-Men because there's not like a dedicated Spider-Man noir game or a dedicated, you know, well, there is a dedicated Spider-Man Ultimate game, but in general, like this is about as close as you would get to that. Whereas in the comics, they cross over like every 20 minutes because that's just what Marvel does to sell comics Uh, in the games, That wasn't necessarily a super common thing up until Shattered Dimensions. That must have been a pretty cool game. I actually, I don't remember that game. Um, what, what was it like? Uh, last generation or? I think it was, was PS3 that? and PS3, and like yeah. the 3DS and stuff. Because there was a sequel called Spider-Man: Web of Time, and that one just had, I think, Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099. Um, mm-hmm. Who again was the was the one in the post-credits scene who interacted with? Um, 1966 uh, cartoon right. Spider-Man. Which the um, theater went absolutely bonkers for when that happened. I I didn't know what was happening exactly, but it looked funny and cool to me. But like everyone in the theater was losing their shit for that. So <laughs> so there's a very popular meme of Spo- Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I think I've from seen the old before. school cartoon. Yeah, and I think and that was just parodying that of the universe he went to. Um, I think he said it was Universe 66, so maybe that's a cartoon from 1966. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that the that uh, blue guy was Oscar Isaac's voicing Spider-Man 2099. That's right. I did read that after the fact that that was Oscar Isaac, and I was like, yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I think <laughs> no, he's. I, I, I think Isaac. he's. J- it's basically just Spider-Man in the future, the same way Spider-Man Noir is just an alternate universe, which is just our universe 70 years ago. Um, his alternate universe is just an alternate universe that's 90 years in the future. Like, it's not... Interesting. You know, <laughs> it's not like really an alternate dimension. It's just further ahead. Right. Yeah, I guess some of them are not. Like, just like, uh, uh, what's his name? Chris Pine's Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is in the same yeah. dimension as uh, as Miles Morales. Um, which, by the way, uh, props to me for knowing the name Miles Morales going into this movie. Um <laughs> I knew that that was a person and that was a character. I, there you go. He he did get a shout out in the um in the uh, last Spider Man movie, the Spider Man Homecoming, oh, the, the Tom Holland one. Uh, do you remember Donald Glover's character? Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was he was like the like not too bad of a guy gangster who was like you know my cousin lives here. I don't want us to destroy the town. Uh, the cousin yeah, yeah. he was talking. So Donald Glover's character is Prowler basically. Um, mm, okay. And then, like, at some point, I think in, like, a post credit scene or something, he, like, calls his cousin. And he's like, hey, can you help me? I'm, like, super glued to the back of a truck. And he's right, like, all right, right thanks, yeah. Miles. And then he hangs up or whatever. Um, which is why I was really ashamed that I was still, like, taken aback for a second by the twist that Prowler was his uncle. Because, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, very well established that Prowler is Miles Morales' uncle, like, in the comics. And it certainly it was, was pretty in... well foreshadowed as well. I, mean, I know I mean... it was. Well, I was I was honestly expecting it to be another, another villain. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Like, that, like, yeah. the Shocker was going to show up. And, or or uh, Tinkerer, because I think he mentioned his he did engineering. Um, so so I, I thought Prowler was just going to show up in that one scene. And then... His, un- his uncle would be another bad guy. And then I was like, nope, it- it's very well established that his uncle is Prowler in the comics. And I just completely forgot about it for some reason. By the way, that was Mahershala Ali. And um, I, want- I want to hear his voice in more uh, animated things. <laughs> he had a great, he was great as the uh, uncle. That yeah, was yeah. Really cool. I-, I loved his voice. He was like so cool, you know? That was, yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, he had a really good rapport uh, with yeah. the kid for sure. Absolutely. And it, it was a clever um, way to kind of do the um to do the uh the Uncle Ben thing again, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. An I don't, take I, I don't that. know that that's how it works in the comics. That like that's why Miles gets really big into it. Um, mm-hmm. but I do know that's kind of one of the the differences. You know, is like Miles does have his family, right? Where and that's like right. a big difference between him and like Peter Parker and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But, that's cool. All right, well, um, so that's a cool first puzzle piece. Um, my first puzzle piece is one that we kind of talked about beforehand that we both were planning on talking about, 
Uh, yeah. So we might as well get to that first. And that is a uh, Lego movie. Um, oh, yeah. As well as Lego movie Batman as well. Or Lego Batman movie. What is it called? Batman. I'm Lego not Batman actually movie? sure. I think yeah. it's the Lego <laughs> Batman movie. Because I know yeah, the worst na- named game in the universe is there is the Lego movie movie the game. That is, that is the name of the video game adaptation of the Lego movie. Because there's also the genre. Oh, wait, no, no, no. It's it's Lego, the the Lego movie. The movie, the game, I think. like It's it's really bad because there's like that whole genre of like wow. the Lego something game. And then they included the fact that it's the movie to incorporate that it's like the cash in. And st- it's, it's brutal. Wow. That's actually, that actually, uh, uh, beats the the previous winner, Street Fighter: The Movie, The Game. Yes, yeah, it, was, was it's right the up there with that. Title. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's along the lines of that one. But, <laughs> so but yeah, yeah so as far as like Lego movie. Lego movie, yeah. So and and it should be said that Phil Lord and uh, was it Chris Miller is the other yep. the other dude. They, they, they are Miller, my, my favorite directors in Hollywood. Yeah, they are co-writers on this movie. Um, they're they're two of many writers. This movie had a lot of writers, and it had three yeah. directors. Um, which I guess in animation sometimes that does happen. It doesn't really happen yeah. in live action that often. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of expected to have some of their kind of uh, sense of humor and sensibilities yeah. in this, and it really does. I actually wasn't expecting that from the trailer. Like I knew, of course, like every comic book movie has some humor and whatnot, but it has sure. quite a bit of that that meta like. Like kind of not taking it too, not taking itself too seriously. Although it does in parts when it the story demands it, um, yeah. but still joking around about the genre, joking around about you know what Spider Man is, joking around about what Spider Man has done in the past, and uh, those are all very, very uh, them kind of things. And that that's yeah. what the Lego movies are all about is is uh, joking around about what the movie is and joking around about pop culture in general. Yeah, yeah, they, um, I'm pretty sure that the project was spearheaded by Lord, um, so, oh, yeah. like, so, like, that he kind of had his fingers in the pie every step of the way, um, yeah, that makes sense, um, makes cause, cause sense. I think they were, like, originally propositioned to do it, and, um, and, and, you know, they had a lot of say in the visual style, which makes sense, cause, like, Lego movie, is probably the single best example of a movie like committing to an aesthetic. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like even like, like the water and stuff like that just, you know, would be made with the Legos and everything. And um, Spider-Man movie was very much doing the same thing just for a different type of aesthetic, like just fucking, yes. you know, committing a hundred percent to it. And it, and it was a very interesting look like it, it takes your eyes time to get used to it. I know you were a little worried about that going into it from yeah, the original yeah. trailer. Um, and yeah, I I actually didn't find the trailer to be that hard. But once I was actually sitting in the seat watching the movie, I was like, wow, this actually is like, it, it can be a little hard at times. But the, if you're like, if you like stick with it, I mean, it pays off because it's so cool looking. Yeah, the first ten minutes came at you really hard too. Like I, I honestly yeah. rolled my eyes a couple times the first five minutes <laughs> when it was like everything was morphing just to show that it could and stuff like that. And there was like <laughs> just the montage that just felt like you were fucking watching like a like in the kid a kid in the eighties just collecting like like Wayne's World on a public access channel show, grabbing chunks from MTV and mashing them together on camera <laughs> with like skate decals on it. And I was like, oh my God, if this is the whole movie, I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, but I, I, I think <laughs> well, that was yeah. just a palate cleanser to establish the visual style early on. Yeah. We also get a lot of hip hop flavor. So you get like a lot of like the spray painting, graffiti and stuff like that. And all that mixes in with the, the that comic book style, and it just makes for like just a real original, just something you really haven't seen before. Certainly yeah. not like this. Um, and uh, is this? Now I know people say it. What What do you think, though? Like for yourself, is this what a comic book looks like, but in motion? Because I think that's like that's the idea. Yes. I I don't read enough comics to really be able to say it definitively. Yeah. So. You know, a few different movies have tried it a few different ways. And and a puzzle piece that I debated citing uh, actually was um, the Ang Lee Hulk movie with uh, with Eric Bana. Just because he mm. tried to edit that movie 
like a comic book in certain ways in, in a very cheesy hackney campy way that I don't think paid off, but that a lot of movies right. didn't try just because it was like too comic ish or whatever. Um, and the only person who's really pulled it off uh, is, is Edgar Wright for making a movie seem like a comic book up until now um, in a mm-hmm. different way though. Um, so I, I would say that, yeah, like watching this, um, like I think video games have done comic book comes to life more and it, it it's, it's worked better, especially with like cell shaded video games and stuff like that yeah, kind of deliberately yeah. looking like a cartoon. Um, but yeah, they, 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 you know, they have the aesthetic, they have um, the editing, the energy. Um, I, this is, you know, it was like watching like Richard Linklater mess with a couple different comics at once and make them come to life right. and mash them together. Like it was, yeah, I, I that's a, that's a fair way to say it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's very cool. Um, th- with the Lego movies that you were talking about though, one thing I really liked is they did something similar to the Batman movie did, which is they managed to break the, the more villains you have, the worse the movie is rule that applies to most right. video game movies. Uh, and Spider-Man is a huge offender of this. Right, like Spider Man's yeah. one and two versus three. If you're looking at the Raimi ones, Amazing Spider Man two is a disaster. Oh my god, that was like <laughs> eight people introduced in some capacity, either as main villains or yeah. semi villains. Just a nightmare. Oh, yeah. But um, Lego Batman kind of did the same thing, where just like Joker is the bad guy, and instead of Joker having nameless henchmen, every one of his henchmen is like Poison Ivy or uh, you know Catwoman or something like that. Um, and for a movie like this, which is just packed to the gills with fan service, um, they kind of don't lose anything, right? Like, nor, like no one's complaining that Green Goblin was only in the movie for one fight scene because it was cool because you got to see Green right. Goblin in this new art style. Yeah. And then move on. And then, like, if you didn't really know who Green Goblin was, but you saw Amazing Spider-Man, maybe you thought that was the reptile. Or maybe you just thought right. it was a mutant that Spider-Man was fighting. And, like, it didn't matter that much. If you, if you didn't get that his henchman was, um, I think, Tombstone is his name, uh, th- that's fine. He's just a weird-looking dude with, you know, guns. And he's a gangster, right? Um, <laughs> and it doesn't really hurt anyone. Um, so I, I was thrilled to get the opportunity to see, like, oh, this is what Scorpion looks like in this universe. This is what's, like, just getting to see these characters in that art right, style. Yeah. Um, I loved it. And the post credit scene, getting to see, oh, cool, we get to see one more Spider-Man in that art style. Just getting to see how things were interpreted in that. Yeah. And Lego Batman sort of did the same thing of just like, we need to show you, this is what Clayface looks like if he's made of Legos. This is what, like, <laughs> whatever, the Hulk, the Bane looks like. Like, like they, you could tell... It was the same kind of approach. Yeah. Um, in addition to, I think Lego Batman had a much less consistent aesthetic than Lego movie. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it's much more like classic Lego movie, but in terms of um, approach to certain stuff, um, yeah. Lego Batman all the way. That that balance of characters, I was almost going to bring up Infinity War because that's yeah. another movie that surprisingly is able to balance so many characters and you know i do wish that we got a little more of of the different spider-man yeah um, but still still i mean you get you do get enough like they're fleshed out enough that you know you certainly have spent some time with them i i'd love to see more of them and i'm sure that this is gonna get we're gonna get sequels um but yeah i definitely would love to see more of them but uh yeah, no, they, it, it did an amazing job of balancing. And, and I think it, it benefits in the same way that um, that Infinity War benefited from. And actually something that I, I really liked about the first Amazing Spider-Man is when the movie takes advantage of what you already know about the characters to use shorthand right. to be able to get more mileage out of what you're doing. Um, like back when the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man came out, I actually, I, I liked him as a Spider-Man. And part of that was because we had already seen Tobey Maguire be like the kind of snivelly nice guy Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Andrew Garfield came in, 
and was like not nearly as snivelly and stuff, but he focused a lot more on his snarkiness and his intelligence. It was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, now I'm seeing another side of Spider-Man, but I'm already sort of giving him those character traits that were established in a previous one. And, you know, right. they hit that out of the fucking park with this movie where like if you've seen any of the Sam Raimi films, you know, Chris Pine's first five minutes showing his origin story. It's very clearly showing that he's the Spider-Man from the Sam Raimi movies, like recreating. Yeah. Because a lot of those oh, yeah. famous scenes, um, I could see if you don't know Spider-Man, you think that they're famous scenes from the comics. They're not what, right? Like the upside down kiss thing, that, that was a big Raimi thing more than it was yeah. a big comic things and the uh, the stopping the train and everything. So you get yeah. so much out of the fact that like, we already know who Spider-Man is because we've already seen who Spider-Man is. So we don't have to waste time. And then that carries over to Jake Johnson's character a lot, or is that his name? The, the old schlubby yeah, Spider-Man guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so like, we don't need to ha- have much backstory for him because we already just need to know what deviates from what we've seen in 10 films already. Um, and I yeah. think that's why they had more breathing room to like give Gwen a lot of time, give miles a lot of time, give, you know, uh, Penny Parker more than I would have expected them to give her stuff like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, what's your next puzzle piece? Um, So I think the next one I'm going to go with uh, something pretty mainstream, but I think is one of, I was, uh, I was racking my brain trying to think of like, what is the best working together together across dimensions type of thing? Uh, And honestly, the best example I could think of would be the, uh, the cartoon Rick and Morty. Um, Because all, all of Rick and Morty is about, there's a bunch of different universes usually they have different rules. Usually they have a couple different properties and usually there's a version of myself there that I've got to meet up with together and do something or whatever. So I don't necessarily think it's merits diving into too much. Um, But I did think that was funny that I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that to be the, the answer I was expecting. Oh, there's definitely got to be some sort of show all about basically the plot of this movie. But then what the more and more I looked into it, I was like, no, it's a hundred percent got to be, you know, Rick and Morty. <laughs> um, and I, I would not be surprised actually look at like, if you can find a tie in staff between them, especially cause you know, the Rick and Morty people work with a lot of other animators in the industry and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so that would be, you know, a, a very different kind of approach to the Spider-Man movies. Uh, if it had like the Rick and Morty sense of humor or something like that, rather than the, uh, the Lord Miller kind of good hearted sense of humor. I think it'd be a very, very different movie if it was written by like Dan Harmon sure. and stuff like that. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to uh, piggyback off mm-hmm. your puzzle piece. And for, for my next puzzle piece, I, I'm going to combine with what you were just saying, because I think that the thing that Dan Harmon and whoever else was involved in making uh Rick and Morty were smoking weed and watching when they came up with Rick and Morty <laughs> is probably what the bleep do we know? Okay. Um, which is, that's like the uh, the first documentary, at least as far as I remember, that like started to delve into multiple universes and all that kind of stuff. Okay, those theories and uh, quantum physics and and all those things. And uh, is, is that is that like a like a conspiracy theory movie or something, or it's just like a documentary on metaphysics or like? Yeah, it's just a, it's just a documentary on metaphysics. I mean it. It does kind of like usually people will watch like The Secret and stuff like that. Okay, They're usually okay. pretty big into into it. Um, but but it it does go into all that kind of like you know all that crazy stuff of like you know where where you're blowing your mind when you're in college. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah. And you, and you watch this, and then your mind's blown, and then hopefully you go in a good direction, yeah. not in a bad direction. <laughs> um, I don't know what direction Rick and Morty is exactly, but uh, <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely the through line, though. I think uh, what the bleep Rick and Morty, and then you get Spider Man into the uh, Spider Verse. Just just everyone who anyone who got high and watched that show eventually went on to write a TV show or movie about alternate realities bouncing with each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, 100%, that's absolutely. all you need. <laughs> Gotta get the yeah. royalty on all split jumping around universe like films. You need to open your mind, really. Oh, yeah, 100%. You got to open your mind. And it's like either you can do, uh, you know, 
drugs that do it for you, or you watch What the Bleep? (laughs) (laughs) Just picturing like Phil Lord and Chris Miller coming in and being like, "All right, guys, we got to write a children's movie. Let's do a bunch of peyote and hang out in the like desert for a while." And then, like, so I mean, how else do you come up with this animation it's, it's, style? <laughs> and then, like, Sony Pictures is like, what did you like? It's got to be like Martin Scorsese's like cocaine budget back in the days or something like that when they just like have to put aside the fact that like you're gonna get a gritty movie, but like also we need to like pay an additional 10% of his salary in just like pure cocaine, just the same thing of like. Every time the artists run out of ideas, just all right, guys, we're heading to the desert. Speaking of cocaine, I'm just realizing that Nick Cage was in two of the trippiest movies this year. Uh, uh Mandy being the other one? Visually, visually speaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mandy being the other okay, one. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. God, now I'm just hoping he's like done a voiceover for a crazy documentary this year or something that we don't know about that's just like oh. filled with trippy visuals. Oh, we got a couple weeks left. I I I, I want to watch He's it. got a lot of debt <laughs> and ten days. Something can happen. <laughs> Mr. Cage, I know you listen to this podcast. If you need ideas, we will help you make it happen. (laughs) All all I want now is for the next album you release of like trippy ambient electronic music to just have like an hour long Uh continuous long form like artsy Sigour Rose style music video of just Nick Cage and weird visuals like Nick Cage just being like no idea. That's my that's my goal. Like he lives here in Vegas. That Does is he? all I want is to somehow. Yeah, all I want is to get a connection to him and have him star in a music Just, video for me. But and I will. I, my career will be finished. I'll, I'll be done. That's all. Hour I need. of that's Nick I Cage inspecting basic objects and like staring at them intently, <laughs> like like Matthew McConaughey style, like staring an apple and like thinking about what his purpose is. And just an hour of that with like different things. Just him, you know looking at a newspaper inquisitively him like testing an eyedropper and it's just playing like your trance music in the background and also the dude who made mandy direct uh like a director of photography is it or something so nick cage if you're listening if you're listening i'm here i will pay you uh something it won't be your usual rate but But it will be money for you yes I will yeah, it'll, be, it as it'll well. be actual money, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, this is actually the sec- real quick though. What last Nick Cage thing? Um, I don't know if you're aware. Okay. This is not the first superhero role he's voiced this year as well. Uh, he, oh, I did hear he, he did voiced something else. He, what did he uh, do? in Teen Titans Go to the movies? He voiced Superman, which is great because he had originally going to be Superman in that like. Tim Burton, Kevin Smith, Superman movie that like went viral of like him. Yeah, with, it was like, like a dream of his. Yeah, yeah. Well, his his son's name is Kal El, um, which is Superman's yeah. real name. <laughs> um, and in the um, while doing the promotion for this movie, he mentioned that his condition for doing that was his son got to voice young Bruce Wayne um, for like one line. So like, as far as I can tell, it was literally, they like, what happened was they said, Mr. Cage, do you want to voice your dream role in a cartoon for 20 minutes? And he said, yeah, but my son gets to too. And then they just drove over one afternoon, each talked for like 10 minutes and went home and he got, you know, $20,000 or something like that. Like, like how is that dude not living his best life? Like that is the fact that that just happens to him. And he's still like massively in debt. Like, what is going on? But okay, continue. I just have to get that I, last Nick Cage's amount. I love, I love him. Oh, he's, yeah, you know what? That's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's your next puzzle piece? Though? I was gonna go with um, the collective works of YouTuber Mike Diva. Um, so. Uh, this one might require a little explanation, especially for people who don't know that name uh, right away. But he is um, a film, uh, an independent film director and special effects artist, um, mostly on YouTube. But he does real commercials as well and music videos. Uh, and he's very well known for like having super stylized videos um, and like a very diverse style. Like, a lot of his music videos or uh, live action videos will like mix up like Japanese kung fu with like a lisa frank style neon art cgi thing um but he just does a million different kinds of videos and like he's done gritty horror movies that look like you're watching sin city like all 
Uh, his most famous things nowadays probably are um, if anyone has ever seen the uh, parody Japanese Donald Trump ad that aired during the elections or the um, parody Pokemon Go to the polls Hillary Clinton ads. Uh, he made both of those and he makes a lot of the stuff for like uh, super fantastic when they used to make like weird surreal visuals and stuff. Um, and just going through this dude's like YouTube iconography um, like sorry, videography, like it is just packed to the gills with let's mash up four art styles and and like in a really hyper kinetic kind of way and like there's neon there's like mtv skate culture there's lisa frank there's dark and gritty there's um cheesy kung fu there's Zack snyder editing there's everything the dude's just done it all and it was so eclectic it reminded me so much of like in some of his videos there will just be a character who has a different art style merged in with everything else the way yeah. like spider-man noir and all those things um so that's purely a visual kind of thing and especially because of the spectrum it's not like he made anything that looks specifically like uh spider-man but just the way he handles the juggling and the mashing up and everything um and he does consulting for special effects groups as well so i wouldn't be surprised again if he had like in some way been involved in lego or spider-man or something like that sure yeah no it sounds interesting have you, have you seen have out. you heard of any of his videos okay yeah M mike diva it's no i mean th those things you mentioned sounded familiar uh the, the trump and hillary things. yeah um but yeah no i'm gonna have to check them out because it, it does sound cool and i i do love that when when like different kinds of media are mixed together yeah uh, what one of my music videos back into the dark yeah uh, was mostly claymation but there was like some like drawn animation and some like even live like bits mixed into it. Yeah. I mean, I love that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this is, um, a lot more like the, I honestly, one of the things I was thinking of watching into the spider verse was the, the 21 jump streets, um, remakes credits, just even the way that was all like set together oh, and, yeah. and the editing for it and stuff. And some Mike Diva stuff is very much like a hyper CGI version of that. Um, and lots of neon and glow. Uh um and lots of kung fu and fighting so that helps make it even more spider-man-y well uh my next puzzle piece is uh another uh marvel superhero actually and that is deadpool okay um which this movie uh has a lot like we kind of started to touch on it a little bit earlier but a lot of self-referential a lot of meta humor um a lot of joking about the the character about the stories about the world and uh, that's something that Deadpool, I think, mm -hmm. uh, is like the entire movie. That's kind of all it yeah. is. Um, I, I think there's a fair argument to be made that uh, this, it's all written in in a really beautiful, uh, great way that, that adds to everything. Whereas Deadpool, I mean, that really is all it has. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just meta, meta, meta jokes and violence. Yes. Like, that's basically the whole movie um it's very so like I, I guess this would be the better version really it's almost like a like I, I don't know why but the first analogy would come to my mind and, and i and i love deadpool um oh, so, me too. so this, but um almost like like a like how pixar handles comedy versus how like family guy handles comedy or something like <laughs> right. that yeah. like where the jokes like add to things meaningfully and also it's like a film and then like deadpool is like here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing didn't think that one's funny well good because here's another thing like it right. just kind of <laughs> throws them at you um yeah yeah <laughs> which there's there's room for it there's absolutely room for yeah. it but uh yeah no i think th i think this is this is something that is uh, that takes that that kind of a thing and kind of with a little more nuance, yeah, you yeah. Know? and and certainly more uh, more reason for all of the uh, the meta jokes, which which allow for all of that fan like amazing fan service and everything like that. Which oh, yeah. uh, I like I said, the people around me in the theater were losing their minds for even <laughs> even if I didn't catch every little thing, you know. Did you see a, a midnight screening of it or? Uh, it was a like the seven p.m. Thursday. Okay, like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. You saw it about the Wednesday, same time I did. Whatever. So yeah, so it was like all yeah. the people who like really wanted to see Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. It was it was packed and it was uh, it was it was a it was a fun screening. That's yeah, for sure. yeah. Th this uh, this was a good one to see with 
people who love Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. All right. So what's your uh, next puzzle? Piece? All right. So my, ne- my next one, um, and I'm a little biased because it's what I've been playing a lot of recently, um, is uh, the new Nintendo video game that is demolishing the universe right now in terms of sales, which is uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Nice. Um, again, specifically for the visual style. Um, also a little bit because it's like a crossover of a bunch of characters. I think that'd be the easy way to go. Mm -hmm. So we'll definitely acknowledge that aspect of like getting to see all these dudes from different universes and franchises that you may or may not already know and each getting to fight in their own unique way, like Spider-Ham pulling out the mallet. That's very, very, (laughs) you know, Smash Brothers. That is very Smash um, (laughs) One of the interesting challenges with Smash Brothers that I think is like especially really evident with the, uh, the new Castlevania characters um, is like that they, they picked one art style and said, all right, for 80% of the characters, we're going to reimagine them in this art style. Um, And like, we'll make them look as much like they can, but you know, Mario ends up looking more, more realistic and um, certain characters become like more detailed or something. But also you have the characters like game and watch or like, uh, like about 10% of the characters totally end up doing their own art style that is modified just enough to not break when compared to the world around them and stuff like that. So you see these, you know, really great, you know, mashups of like this, like 3d cartoony world. And you're getting to see old school 2d characters redrawn and reimagined in that art style. Uh, You're getting to see some people come in, in their classic art style, superimposed against this world. And also, it does a really good job of doing that comic booky style thing of having a whole separate art style that it will use for flourishes mm. to like draw attention to things. Like even though things are only a tiny bit cartoony in Smash Brothers, when you punch someone correctly, it's like a full-on anime style 2D, uh, you know, punching effect that comes up, or like right. a very cartoony cloud effect as they get pushed away um and it's all these what should be disparate art styles uh you know coming together in a very cohesive way where their differences just kind of serve to reflect their origins um not but it doesn't feel like a hodgepodge in any way right yeah no absolutely that that's a that's a really great point and i'm just sitting here picturing uh the reaction from the world when nintendo and marvel come together on a project eventually and uh oh my god everybody gonna... explodes <laughs> <laughs> well i a lot of people are interested in um square enix is doing a marvel game and i believe it's designed by the guy who did um like kingdom hearts and final oh, fantasy boy. and stuff like that and who like designs all the characters to look like that yeah um and he's done they've had that happen before where they've had like the final fantasy guy design a batman and it's like oh god batman looks like a knight wearing like a vampire suit of armor with like 15 layers and a million buckles so i think he's gonna probably do the same thing for all the marvel characters mm-hmm. um but on the same hand like it's gonna be horrible but i just want to see what it looks like the same way like i wanted to see like oh what is scorpion gonna look like in this like cell shaded animation and things like that right right well, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think that's great. Uh, but I, going back to your puzzle piece, I think that's a great one, though, Super Smash Brothers, because yeah, I mean, you, you do have those multiple. Uh, it, you got all the different art styles meshed together, but then you also have just the fan service of seeing all these characters come together, and uh, and like we were talking about earlier, I mean, they do such a great job of balancing it all and having all these different characters, and they all work together. You know, I actually not think about. It. I probably could have picked Kingdom Hearts as well, actually, for a very similar reason of doing that. That's true. But Smash Brothers is devouring my soul right now, so that's <laughs> that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Lucky for me, I'm not a Smash Brothers player, um, but I have plenty of other games. Oh, neither play, am I, so. which makes it much more painful. So. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm loving it and it's demolishing me. <laughs> so I got two more puzzle pieces. I'm going to do them separately, but I will say that uh, even though I tried to do as many non-comic book uh, puzzle pieces as I could, the the rest of mine yeah. are all comic book related. Uh, so the next one is actually Kick-Ass, which... Um, yes. Yeah, that, that was like... That was kind of the first, as far as I can remember, uh, like... You know, again, coming back to like the same thing I was talking about with Deadpool, with like a lot of self-referential humor, a lot of meta, yeah, you know, yeah. meta stuff happening, and uh, joking around about the art form, and 
Also, we have gloriously crazy Nick Cage. So, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I loved Kick-Ass when it came out. And I wasn't a, a superhero person and still not really a superhero yeah. person. But um, I love this movie like I loved, uh, like I love Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass is so goddamn good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, it is, fun fact, uh, the only movie that has ever made me laugh and cry. Um, I... People always, the funny thing is people always assume that I cried at Nick Cage dying. And I don't know what that says about me. That being, I think it is a well-shot scene and it is actually a little sad despite being funny and actiony. Yeah. That's not the scene that makes me cry. But I do think it's funny that everyone just assumes that I love Nicolas Cage so much. They're just like, oh, it's okay, man. He'll be in another movie in it's like 45 minutes. It's a fair assumption. Cool. I, gotta, I gotta say, it's definitely yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. No, um, you know, you know, um... This wasn't really carried over into Kick-Ass the movie, but all the the, the marketing for Kick-Ass, the posters and everything, uh, they were all the graffiti aesthetic and stuff too. Oh, yeah, like uh-huh. it would be like spray paint spattered across the um, the poster and then the characters like silhouettes would be in the, uh, in the spray paint and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I was very much uh, reminded of that, especially when it seemed like, oh, graffiti is his thing. Wow, Kick-Ass is like the only frame of reference I have for this. <laughs> but they didn't carry that into the movie at all. Right. Like, so right. <laughs> that was cool. that's hilarious. Oh, your, your frame of reference for uh, for graffiti is is Kick-Ass's marketing campaign. I like it. Yes, that's that's I I uh I didn't move into Philadelphia till I was much older, so I didn't have have a youth experience with graffiti in nice. any capacity. Nice, that's great. <laughs> so, what would your next puzzle piece be? Um, so honestly, uh, so for this this last one, I, I was kind of struggling, and I just kind of wanted to go with with the genre as a whole of the like he's not the chosen one kind of aesthetic. I think you see this in a lot of movies where like a group of people will have had their powers for a little bit longer than someone else. And like, like almost like the power ranger style of, and then like Zordon will find someone else and be like, he's the chosen one who's going to save us. And then he like, can't do shit the entire movie. Right. And then like, then like, and there are so many movies I feel like where that's like sort of been an aspect of it, but I couldn't think of a good like, this is the definitive movie of, like, I'm sorry, you'll have to go on without me. Like, I'm not the hero you thought I was yeah. kind of thing. Especially because in a lot of those movies, there's usually some aspect of the main character deliberately being a fraud in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of like the re- the reverse Seven Samurai kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't think of a great example for it, but I felt that that trope was so perfectly embodied by the fact that like the other five versions of him that were better versions of himself were like literally better versions of himself yeah 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 this might be the like you know like yes technically peter parker is different from whatever uh from miles but peter parker is not different from nick cage's peter parker or from john mulaney's peter parker like they are the same person in that respective universe so it's basically he's just got like four more or less versions of himself who all have their shit together and then him (laughs) trying to be like i'm just the kid why are we bringing me along it's like because you're the chosen one yeah except in this case the only reason he's the chosen one is because they ended up like where he is like right right there's no property or anything yeah yeah you know like they the spider-man who could have actually handled it got crushed by fat leave shriver like 10 minutes (laughs) in uh you know the the one version of the trope that pops in my head immediately is army of darkness um okay yeah i don't know know if it's a perfect example but definitely of of that that's that basic thing of of somebody being the chosen one but they're they're really they can't do it until they finally can you know they eventually yeah especially if we're sticking with the sam raimi that's always that's true that's always a good decision yeah that's absolutely true um right on well, that's a that's a really good one and yeah i'm sure there's a million more movies like that we could think of if we were to uh sit around yeah and, i just couldn't think, think of like it. a pitch perfect one because this <laughs> might be the new pitch perfect example of there you, that there yeah. you go yeah anybody can be the uh the chosen one that can't do it anyone can be yes that. yeah right because that's the thing you just you, as long as there is another chosen one who can do it you can yeah. just kind of be the one who's like oh sorry guys all right 
<laughs> I was try- I tried really hard to to find a way to draw it back to the Matrix, like because that's like the definitive, the chosen one, because they, yeah. they just save time and say like, well, yeah, he straight up is the chosen one, but like no, it didn't feel right. And again, like yeah. for all of the ones I looked at, it didn't feel right in some way. Right. Um, right. Usually, because it was either the chosen one was like a huckster. Or the chosen one was literally like prophesized, and Miles was just a dude who happened to watch another dude die. Right, right. But he he does uh, kick a whole lot of ass once he gets his suit and everything, and he starts doing oh yeah electricity yeah. and then everything else. He's uh, he ends up being pretty damn awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I think I th- that's probably how that works in the comics. I don't remember. Yeah, I know they do all have different powers. I don't remember if specifically he can do electricity and turn invisible or if that's like a for the movie they gave him those two ones right right but yeah that who knows sense. well i got uh one last puzzle piece and uh all right all right we, we almost were going to touch on it earlier during one of our conversations but it is uh scott yeah. pilgrim versus the world um, excellent decision yeah, directed by edgar wright and uh this is i mean the ultimate version of like what it's like to look at comics, but on screen, basically. Um, and yes. uh, also, again, back to what I was talking about with both Deadpool and Kick-Ass, a lot, and even Lego Movie, a lot of meta humor, uh, you know? And uh, also, another thing that uh, was similar is the character introductions were, were kind of similar in Scott Pilgrim. We got, like, these, these screen yeah. paws and then big introductions of all the characters. Um, I haven't seen Scott Pilgrim in a while. I, I remember loving it in the theater, though. It was, oh, it was awesome. So good. Scott Pilgrim's interesting because it's not like like I I would argue that in a way right, it is the right. best video game movie. Like like it is not just watching a comic book on screen. It's also yes, watching a video game absolutely. on screen, um, which is a testament to I think more the fact that. The video, the comic book was so obsessed with video games, and it was such a faithful adaptation of the comic right. book. And then they just like structured a few things like the video games, but almost everything that was video gamey was also already in the comics being video right. gamey. Um, so it was just the best of both worlds, 100%. No, absolutely. Yeah, no. And great, great movie and great influence. Oh, no. So, uh, so that, good. that brings us to our finished puzzle. Um, let's uh, go down yeah. the list of all the movies we just discussed. Uh, not all movies, of course. We also have uh, Spider-Man yeah. Shattered Dimensions, the video game. We've got the Lego movie series. We got uh, Rick and Morty. We got What the Bleep Do We Know. We have Deadpool, Kick-Ass. We have YouTuber Mike Diva. We have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and then the trope of someone being the chosen one, but they can't quite do what they've been uh, chosen to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. There we go. I actually said the whole title without messing it up that time. I, uh, yeah, There you I, go. I, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is... Uh, this is a movie that I did not expect to like as much as I did. I'm not a big animation person. I'm yeah. not a big comic book movie person. Uh, but I mean, wow, what you know, it's such a fun movie. People, I'm glad people are are connecting with it and loving it. Um, I'm glad I loved it. Um, it seems like you loved it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a good movie to be successful in so many different ways, yeah. right? Like. Uh, you know, it's different with the art style. It's funny. It's focusing on characters we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. It's exploring like characters and like situations we're not necessarily always familiar with, right? Like a lot of a lot of positive praise coming out for having the Miles Morales character in mm-hmm. general. Um, I think people are um, interested now, and it works even if you're not necessarily, you know, you know, you don't have to be invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. Again, it's just like a good one to come out and, and it, it lends itself so well to spin-offs and everything yep. like it's a perfect package for like a movie that should be successful and it's great that it's going to be because it could very easily be an expensive experiment right. that sony tried not to recreate right, right. yeah and it, it's also a great message of inclusivity um you know with with, with that yeah. character and as well as i mean you know gwen stacy is awesome and kick i would see like a whole movie of her i mean she was great yeah um I think that's yeah, on the books. I would so. I would not doubt it, especially after after this and the reaction it's gotten. Um 
yeah, yeah. but uh no no I, I i really can't say enough uh good things about it i mean it's uh pretty damn great you have uh any other cl- closing <laughs> uh things you wanted to mention well we managed to go the whole movie without talking about john mulaney at all we said we were going to talk about the voice actor cast and we actually we didn't, didn't talk you know, about too much him. yeah we talked about uh, nick cage we talked about mahershala so, ali we talked about nick, nick fantastic um yeah like everyone did good in this um you know chris pine knocked it out of the park i could not place Um, him so i I was trying so hard it was bothering me during the movie yeah 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 he was great um i i had been like i think i had mentioned to you i had been expecting there had been a rumor a while ago that john krasinski was going to do that role um so i had like been expecting that but i I knew they were going to do uh oh there is the Peter Parker in, you know, his main world, who is not like schlubby Peter right. Parker. Um, but yeah, Pe- Penny Parker, I-, I don't think she was voiced by anyone famous, but uh, she was fine. And I think, you know, there are definitely gonna be some people who see this movie where that's literally like their first introduction to anime in some <laughs> capacity will be just her character. Um, there's one of my new favorite Nick Cage quotes of all time, which is, I like two things, egg creams and punching Nazis. <laughs> um, there's Spider-Ham, John Mulaney giving a surprisingly muted performance for the fact that he is a talking pig. I would say um, that if can... there's one <laughs> thing this movie disappointed me in, it's that we didn't get more John Mulaney because all of his best like stuff was in the trailer for the most part. Um, and he, yeah, he didn't do much else besides yeah, I, it. I, I love him so much and he was great in it, but yeah, I just wish there was more of him in it. Oh, biggest disappointment of that movie is when every character listed their tragedies, Peter Porker did not list his tragedy. There was the scene <laughs> where like, he's like, it happened with my uncle Ben. And she's like, and my best friend and Nick Cage is like, and my uncle Benjamin. And then it gets to spider ham and I'm waiting for him to say like, someone ate my papa, right. <laughs> like, you know, bacon or something. And he just goes, you can't save everyone, Peter. And I was so annoyed that I didn't get to hear John Mulaney or like, I was like, Oh, maybe they're going to go in the super opposite direction of like, I loved a pie once and the green goblin ate it before I got a chance. God, there's to. gotta be a deleted scene. I was scene. so disappointed. There's gotta be a deleted scene. They must've cut it oh, for yeah. time. They, <laughs> when they were asked about, um, about like special features uh, or spinoffs and stuff, um, the uh, Lord and Miller said, in their opinion, the most obvious thing to do very soon would be a series of animated spider ham shorts. Oh God, yes. So, um, I don't know if that would like I don't know air on like Disney Channel bef- between episodes of like whatever's on Disney nowadays, but that might be something to look out for on like the Blu-ray. This is definitely a movie I'm gonna love to like go over the Blu-ray with and watch. That would be uh, commentary the first animated like superhero thing I probably ever watch would be Spider-Man. <laughs> I would be so on board. Um, I'm looking at IMDb right now just to going to list off a yeah. few more of these voice actors. Uh, Haley Steinfeld. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, that's uh, Paperboy from Atlanta. Um, yeah, he was the dad, yeah, right? Yeah, Lily Tomlin is Aunt May. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, Mary Jane. Um, yeah, I thought Marilyn Ackerman Hunt. was was um, Mary Jane the whole time, but I think that's also because just because I thought that mm. the like the the model looked a lot like Marilyn <laughs> Ackerman. <laughs> oh, and uh, you know what? We didn't even talk about. I mean, you don't always have to talk about, but uh, great Stan Lee cameo as well um yes yeah <laughs> yeah it was a really very good, good one. one yeah um, um and while we're talking about the voice cast uh who was in it we do have to call out the fact that they did consider asking toby Maguire to voice chris pine's character or one of the spider-men which i, I think would have been fantastic like yeah. like chris pine i love in everything so i was mm-hmm. glad that it was him and like like hearing him sing the spider-man comes for christmas song during the end credits <laughs> and stuff that wouldn't have been the same with toby Maguire. but getting right. to watch chris pine make fun of toby Maguire doing the emo dancing from the sam raimi films yeah, like yeah. that was magical but it might have been even better to watch toby Maguire go yeah we don't talk about that part <laughs> that's awesome well i think that's a great place to uh end it on um ryan thanks again as as always for being here um do you want to plug anything or we are starting to do a thing where uh we have our guests uh give a recommendation of something they've been uh either recently watched or read or played or something 
Oh man, Smash Brothers is just destroying everything about my spare time <laughs> right now. Uh, I will use my plug for saying, uh, yeah, check out check out the works of Mike Diva if you haven't seen his stuff before on okay. YouTube. It's um it's one of those things where watching one or two of his videos, uh, you're not going to really necessarily be able to know if you like it because. Um, you know, I later on independently discovered like, oh, I had already known this guy from his multiple horror short films, which look nothing like his like PCP music video dance things or whatever. And then I discovered there was like a very popular like meme music video that I liked and he had made that. So, yeah, check his stuff out, especially if you like this and, um, you know, go watch when in doubt just buy scott pilgrim on dvd you know like support edgar wright <laughs> that movie is still trying to make up its budget like like rented a bunch of times like the on Amazon, travesty like, of on, the of the 21st century is that that movie was buy, buy scott pilgrim on prime video and then rent it on prime video every week <laughs> and then eventually they won't release uh they won't do a sequel but they'll release 40 extra minutes of footage that you can just insert into the movie to make it longer <laughs> and get more time with the cool shit. Yeah. That, uh, that's, so that, that's, that's, that's my that's plug. A, that's a good plan. I like it. I like <laughs> it. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being here and we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. Take it easy. you're about to hear are the ravings of a lunatic well, look why am i yellow an unhinged mind reboot the country someone who has lost all touch with reality i know who the people are that are stabbing me in the back and i know who the... if you like this sort of thing please tune into the Podscare podcast every week and lose a little touch with yourself listen i know a scientist i i have i have did di- uh i'm i'm I have proclivities towards science. Find us at podscure.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, you should check out that Podscure podcast. I was actually on that show a while back. Uh, I think it was episode five, maybe even. Uh, that was a pretty weird ad. Uh, good job, guys. I loved it. <laughs> I hope you guys all enjoyed that conversation, though, uh, that I just had with Ryan Darty about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and hopefully you went and checked it out in theaters, because it is a very unique, very cool film, and definitely one that you should go see in the biggest theater possible. Um, and I guess that does it for today. Uh, we've got a whole bunch more episodes coming up uh, to finish up this year. I've only got another week left, but uh, we're going to do at least two or three more episodes. We're going to try to just squeeze them all in and finish off 2018 right before moving into a huge 2019. How about that? I think that sounds like a great idea. So as always, I want to remind you all to subscribe to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. And if you're enjoying the show, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be amazing, Uh, especially if you give us five stars. That would be even better. And you can join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And go sign up for our mailing list on piecingpod.com. And I think that's about it for now. So I'm going to leave you guys with a piece of my music. I think I'm going to play a song called Every Little Bit from my second album, An Unseen Sky, which is available on iTunes. Check it out.
and all points west. <laughs>